Awesome, man. Well, uh, I guess we're rolling. I'm excited to have you here. Cool. Sounds like it's been an interesting morning for you. So wait, you had to do uh, three 35-minute monologues or 25? Three, three, I'm exaggerating 25. already. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Three, yeah. I'm already lying. Yeah. Okay. It went good. Yeah, really well. Yeah. I didn't think I could talk that, that straight. I have to do three speeches in Mammoth to launch the mountain starting tomorrow, so it was a good okay. warm-up. Awesome. So I okay. put me on SNL or yeah, yeah. the morning shows. I should be fine. Some hosting, some monologue. Well, you've you've talked a little bit before. I feel like you got a little experience. You're, yeah, you're pretty good at this. But I, you know what? I've always been able to talk. What The big change in my life is learn how to listen yeah. and learn. That's the harder thing. At what point in your life did you learn that lesson? Because I feel like that is huge, and I feel like as a... A young man who's trying to figure it out and ego gets involved and these different things um, and we all like to hear ourselves talk you know so like w was there something that happened that made you kind of yeah, make that switch it was the understanding of learning mm -hmm. and for years everyone says you know you got two of these and one of these yeah, yeah for use, a reason use them. okay um, but when I started to meditate and become aware and understand learning and listening were symbiotic and they come with radical humility, you mentioned your ego. Yeah. And so uh, through that quantum shift in my life of being of service and of value, it really shifted the fact that it wasn't just people learning from. To me, it was more even in a universal sense that quit telling, because there's three kinds of listeners. One, the interrupter, which I was. Mm -hmm. I literally wouldn't even let you finish. That's great, but my story's better. Yeah. That was me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then, then, me then I matured school. into the fake, the fake learner, okay. which is pretend to listen to you, but the whole time in my head. And, and this just wasn't to people, it was to the universe. The universe kept giving me signs. Hmm. And I would just spit on the universe and say, oh, yeah, look what I have. Yeah. Right? I'm so successful. I know what I'm doing. I'm yeah. in control. I'm in control. Then yeah. it became more of this, well, let me wait and see, but I still just wanted to do what I uh, did. And then I put two magic words next to my bed, radical humility. Hmm. And I decided that I was going to live in humility of uh, accessibility and allowance. I was just going to allow things to happen. That doesn't mean I'm sitting at home high on my mom's couch. Yeah, I yeah, literally yeah, yeah. Yeah. was going to be humble and be of service first and, and then ask how others could help me as well, which is the most critical part about humility is asking for help. Yeah. Even when you, you know, especially if you're successful. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's something that was a big turning point for me is, um, even just like smaller goals growing up, I was afraid to tell people like what I wanted to do because people make fun of you. They judge you and those types of things. And so I wasn't doing that. And then I got to a certain point where it was like, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. And I'm like, I'm going to start proclaiming what I want and I'm going to start asking for the help that I need in these different areas. And it was amazing what a transformation that was because especially when you're, people believe in what you're doing and you're, they see you working hard, they want to come in and they want to help you. So all of a sudden when you tell these people, instead of it being like, oh, you're not going to do that kind of thing, it's like, oh, I know these five people and I want to connect you with them. And it just overflowed abundantly. But I was, and I don't even think it was really ego. I think it was more afraid of what other people were going to say, like, oh, you, you want to be a basketball player? You know, <laughs> you're a little white guy in Alaska or you want to do uh, uh, movies and commercials, these types of things. And you're like, I don't want to be one of those people, especially in LA, I feel like, because you meet so many of those people. Um, I lived randomly with Ted Nugent's son when I first got out here. He's really into bow hunting. Yeah. And my grandfather was this uh, like legend bow hunter back in Alaska and uh, and so I'm living in this place way out of my league and I was I remember like after the first couple weeks I called my mom and I'm like yo I'm meeting all of the most incredible like dope people I've ever like movie producers and rappers and all these things 
and then I come to find out they aren't really doing any of those things. Then I get the whole fake it till you make it and try to um, project a certain thing to get there. But I think there's something for just being who you are, where you are, and and uh, open and honest about that. And that was that was a that was that was a big changing point for me. Yeah, you use an interesting word that a lot of people don't understand. Is you said I proclaimed it. Mm -hmm. uh, the understanding of the word proclaim is that everything already exists, right? You're claiming proactively claiming what you get. I use the word commandment means working with the universe. Most people think command is to demand. Mm -hmm. It's not. Command means to work with. Proclaiming is exactly what radical humility is because radical humility is allowance. And so by proclaiming what you want, it's I'm proactively claiming what's already mine, what already exists. And it's an abundant attitude, which is really rare for someone. You know, both came from kind of smaller places. Yeah. Uh, Alaska and Akron. Yeah, yeah. Your place is a little Cold colder. Cold winter. Yeah, but they're they're smaller and it's a different to come out to California and I, I was forced out here when I was nine and uh, the judgments were, were so scary for me. You know, people would judge me and yeah. I was afraid to say who I was or what because I was small as well. And yeah. I was a you know, really good athlete in Akron, Ohio and yeah. then came out here and was afraid to say that I was a good baseball player because yeah. people played all year round. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then football and being the same size as you, you know, it got even more distractive. But judgment is, is critical because we truly find ourselves by judging our own past. Yeah. Uh, and then projecting it into the future. Uh, and that's where we were talking about legacy exists in the now, that the purpose of time is for us to, to appreciate our past, mm -hmm. to be grateful for it, one, but to add value to it. Yeah. And, and that's where you're talking about when I started being an appreciator, yeah. I could hook up these people and help them and help them. Yeah. Then everything happened in the future for me. Where people get confused is they take judgment on the past and they look at it and they look at either being a victim or worried about the same obstacles, voids, and shortages. And then they put faith in the past with the wrong type of judgment. Or they allow other people judgments of their past yeah. to project them without appreciation into the future. Then they wonder, why do I keep getting the exact same results? Yeah, yeah. And that happens in Hollywood more than anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. And that's where you have the same waiter who's there in his 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s telling that he's not proclaimed anything. Yeah. Right? All he's done is projected the past into the future. Yeah. Uh, well, you're speaking to me. I, got, I know a lot of those guys in <laughs> our circle of friends were like, Man, you're doing the same, like you said, you're doing the same thing, de definition of insanity, you're doing the same thing over and over again, and you're expecting someone else to give you a handout. And look, I, I'm sure you know people like this that did get that lucky break immediately and are big stars and all those things, and that's awesome, but I just know for me that has never been my path. It's always been that I have to work, outwork everyone, being the little guy in sports and doing these things, and then, and then after that, um, just make it happen and not make excuses and do those types of things. So it's, um, it's interesting how that, Weaves. So we got connected. How I first heard about you was uh, Jewish NBA legend Danny Shays. He, he was like, you, you got to connect with him. Uh, I love it. every time I go to Arizona, Arizona, I go out and his son Logan is like six six now. 13. He's a yeah, he's a, yeah thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like thirteen or fourteen. Like just I'm just like, oh my gosh, you got to like be kidding me. Like he's gonna be stud baseball player, uh, stud basketball, basketball player. player. So one of the things I wanted to, to ask you is, are you tired of people asking you questions and having to drop all this advice on people? Because I see it like every day. It's like, you're like the sports yeah. uh, cleaner, Gary, <laughs> Gary V. Like you know, right, right, have right. a similar thing, but yours and is- Gary and I work together, right? Yeah, and I saw I that, it was awesome. to be a mentor of mine to help me understand this. Um, 
I live an inspired life, and that's where my focus is and understanding. That's why I meditate to find my center every day. Uh, I'm excited to do what I do, or I won't do it. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that I'm initially excited. I, I, I tell a story about trash, to give an example. Is when I learned to find purpose in everything that I did, to infuse purpose by looking for the blessings in everything. Uh, so many people in life go through, and they have this, I got to do attitude. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, the biggest I got to do was always taking the trash out. I grew up in a family of six, okay. five boys and a girl. Yeah. For some reason, my mom always made me take the trash out. And because <laughs> I had an I got to take it out attitude, yeah. it'd spill on me. If there was any glass in there, it would cut me. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. got furious, I'd swear and spill it, yeah. you know, throw it. Well, so the attitude, you didn't have the attitude of like, no, I had oh, go, I I'm, getting, I'm getting to do this. Exactly. I, I, okay, 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 okay. I got to do it. Yeah, I gotta and do then it. in college, I was the smallest football player okay. on my team, fraternity. They made me take the trash out. I got to, even yeah. worse, they made me. Yeah. So I got to do it. Yeah. Had three daughters. I got to do it. Well, I started figuring out life. And one of the best perspective changing things you can do in life is look for the blessings in everything. Just be grateful for everything. Look for purpose in everything, like answering questions. Yeah. Um, and yeah. for me... I started saying I get to take the trash out. If I get to take it out, what are the blessings in taking the trash out besides helping people? And it was, hey, why not? It's a few free moments. Especially with all the people asking me questions and all yeah, the yeah, everywhere you go, man, they're, they're people are asking like, moments. "What's the key to this? What's the key to that?" Yeah, and so, and so I'm like, hey, I am, this guy's I am of service. Yeah. yeah, but I changed my attitude and I looked and said, "You know what? I'm gonna use the free time to take the trash out for myself. I'm yeah. gonna think about what I want." what I need to be happy. And my whole energy shifted so much about taking the trash out. I took it out at the office, at friends' houses. Yeah. My friends' wives. You're the trash man. We're exactly. going to get you over here with the waste management. This is perfect timing. I took you know waste management right here. Oh, well, let's take the trash out right where we got here. Yeah. But yeah. It's a blessing. Yeah. Well, um, the funniest thing happened with me changing my energy. I have a 17-year-old mm-hmm. who has a big attitude, and she's awesome. Mm-hmm. But the trash is like kryptonite to her. Oh, jeez, yeah. And because I shifted my energy that I get to take the trash out, just like I get to go to work, and I get to drive home, and I get to fly to Mammoth today, and I get to answer these questions a day, yeah. that she all of a sudden offered to take the trash out. Yeah. It was an energetic thing. Yeah. And so as long as I have that inspiration, as long as I'm sitting in a space, and I will tell you, at times, if I'm not in center, Mm -hmm. then what I do is go back to center before I help someone. Mm -hmm. So I've uh, originated everything from the sports marketing company, media company, sponsorship company, to my speaking, book writing, podcast, TV show, all the things I do which require a lot of my attention. I make sure the first step is whatever schedules under my control Mm -hmm. and I won't do it if I'm not in the right place. But the key to that is being able to get back to the right place as quickly as possible. Yeah. So imagine you're a martial art expert and there's 12 attackers at all times coming at you. (laughs) I'd rather not. not. But you've seen it on TV, right? (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like how's that guy defend himself? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I was taught is that he's actually not defending himself. He's actually going back to center faster. Okay. Because at center, it's easy right there's no attacks and so i live my life as close to center as quickly as possible as i can which allows me to truly find the blessings i can't tell you how many times you know you help someone and it's just not just me it's all these guys around you they've all called me crying email me texting me going thank you so much for allowing me to be part of this yeah because it's the smallest thing. I, some things, as you get more advanced, and yeah. you can see an evolution of since you started. And I think I did meet you years ago, even in Lee's office. Okay. Or something early you were doing. You yeah. ended up years yeah, and yeah, years yeah. ago. But there's an evolution that some of the things that you think of today are, are high vibration, complex ideas. 
but it's still important to remember the simple stuff. Yeah. And as you get bigger and you have hundreds of thousands, I have millions of people watch my TV show, my podcast, yeah. Yeah. hundreds of thousands of people follow me. And some of the stuff that seems so simple to me, yeah. like, you know, I'll say, uh, say thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up. Yeah. It's one of those things I started teaching early yeah. on. Yeah. Well, I got away from that a little bit because I thought people would be bored with it. Yeah. But I forget there's more millions of people that never heard that. Yeah. And they need that inspiration, which yeah. then inspires me more. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not as bored. It's so it's so fun. Yeah, being able to go and connect with people like that. Like you're traveling, you're all over Constantly. the world. You're speaking to people. You're meeting people. And like for you, you've like you said, you've done it before. You've shared this message. You're like, okay. And that, but like you said, this audience that you're in front of, this is the first time hearing from you. So it's like that's something I, I've done a lot this year um, on the road. And it's like sometimes you're like. Like I try to get off script as much as possible and make it challenging for myself. Yeah. But you put myself in a hole, which is a horrible. Well, go do that interview do. I just did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put it three twenty-five like, minute monologues. Here, here's your thing. You're like, uh, okay, I guess this is gonna get <laughs> yeah. interesting. Talk about life, eh? but but that makes it that makes you grow and that makes it makes you better and makes it stronger. Um, so so and and I think that's cool. But you mentioned one thing about your daughter. So we do a lot of stuff with kids, and there's one thing, and this is kind of a selfish question, but there's one thing that I've been battling. Um, trying to figure out and it's it is social media because there is so much going on it's such a different time to be a kid than when you were a kid than when i'm a kid yeah. and 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 everyone has access to all this information on their phone so young um it, it's a tricky thing and kids um we see it all over the country we go kids are, are cutting themselves they're killing themselves because yeah, they're not getting enough likes yeah. on 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 instagram or, or whatever bullied. it is and they're getting and it lives forever and everyone can see it and and it's getting posted by some kid on the other side of the world that they've never met so it's an interesting time and i have like conflicting really strong uh ideas on it but i'd love to hear kind of like i don't have a daughter so yeah, I, I, I okay yeah so, teenage so daughters. how do you handle that what's your take on it i'm sure each one has like a different like you said the oldest has a little bit of a uh attitude i don't know where she that's got the that mid, from that's the middle yeah, one, I where she that's got the middle that one yeah <laughs> okay, the oldest that's the is one. an angel yeah okay okay that, they fooled angel. me in to have the second okay, okay. But they're, they're all different and i have an eight-year-old okay. uh who plays Fortnite with those earphones on and okay you know you worry who's talking who you're talking to yeah yeah um i i think the idea just like managing a company is you need to empower your kids Right, I, I teach my kids four things just like I teach everyone in my company. I teach them gratitude, mm -hmm. I teach them forgiveness, accountability, and effective communication at a very, very young age. Hmm. I, I don't have to look over them. Yeah. You know, your kids will not listen to you. I'm just yeah. telling you right now. Yeah, I have three yeah, yeah. teenage daughters, <laughs> they're not gonna listen, but you know what they do? They observe you. Yeah. They observe you. And I'm very con cognitive and conscious about the fact that I'm gonna act in a certain way. They know that I stop at every person that needs help. They they yeah. they know I don't walk the street without picking up trash. Yeah. Right? They, they know that I hold the door open for their mother. Yeah. Right? They they know these things. And they also know about what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And I educate them. I'll tell you when it comes to drugs, dating, sex, all the interesting issues. In fact, I want to write this book next summer. Okay. It's about my three daughters because one's 19, one's 17, and one's 14. Oh, and I want to take 10 questions okay. and I want to ask them about premarital sex, drugs, right? Yeah, suicide, all the, yeah, all the big, the issues, big yeah. issues and curfew. Yep. And yep. I want to get their perspective on it. Yeah. Three different girls who have three different personalities, the same parents. Then I want to get my wife's perspective. Yeah. And then I want to be the moderator and kind of analyze it with reasons of values that I teach. Yeah. Gratitude, empathy, accountability, effective communication. Mm. And I think it'd be insightful. Um, I believe everything has its good and its bad. 
Yeah. So when when I was young, it, it was Playboy magazine. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. And, and but I I had access to Playboy magazines. Yeah. Dude, I is right. I, I'm gonna be a bad listener now, yeah. but I'm gonna. I was on a little <laughs> island in Alaska, and literally 40 homes, like no roads, anything. And the little neighbor Stevie Rosenden brought me over, and he pulled up the mattress in this cabin out in the middle of nowhere, and had a Playboy magazine. Always need a mattress yeah. for a Playboy. Yeah, there's always a mattress. It. There's always hidden under the mattress. There was, it was like not even a house, but some cabin that I'd never seen before. So yeah, that I remember. But, but like, think what about it. Is this? The telephone comes out, and all you heard was the same stories, just like social media. Oh my gosh, somebody could call my kid. Yeah, yeah. Right? Someone, they could call into somebody yeah. else's house. Yeah. These are the things. And then you yeah. had cell phones yeah. without even texting, and there was all these issues. A car. You want to know the most terrifying thing about being a father of teenage girls is just teaching them to drive. Right? Especially in California. Because I laugh at these people because I fly all the time. Yeah, yeah. Aren't you afraid of flying or the earthquakes in California? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, are you the same idiot that's driving the 405? Yeah, yeah, like, think yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Think yeah. about percentage-wise. On the way to getting there. Yeah, come on. Way riskier. Way riskier. So... Um, empowering your kids to understand what's going on. I think the bigger issue is why that our values of, of young children yeah. would want to hurt themselves. Yeah. yeah. Regardless of whether it's social media, school bullying, or what's going on. There's an opiate addiction, right? Yeah. There's a fulfillment issue in America. Yeah. And people don't have purpose, passion, and they definitely don't know how to tie proper profitability to that. And that's one of my missions because I've lived that life. You know, I I had every single thing I ever wanted. Retired in my 30s, lost mm. over 100 million dollars because I had no purpose. Right? Yeah. I thought that, you know, the, I was always ha when I was poor in, in Akron, Ohio. I was always happy. I just yeah. wanted to be rich yeah. so I could buy my mama a house and a car. Yeah, that's one thing that's interesting as I sit back and analyze kind of the industry that we're in, um, doing the speaking stuff. Is I like listening and getting advice. I know you can get it from anyone, whether it's the janitor who used to let me in the gym to practice for school. Like I can learn something from him because everyone has different life experience. But I really do, I have found that I like getting it from someone who's lived it and someone who is still actively living it instead of these people who go and tell you all these things, but they're just kind of famous or known f for being a speaker, which is nothing wrong. And I think you can learn things from those people, but there's something to be watching the rock, you know, get up and do those things. Or in your case, like you're actively doing all these things. You're out, you're traveling, you're hustling, you know? And uh, I think that's more receptive to most people because it's like, oh, uh, you actually do have to get out there and do it. It doesn't just happen for you. Like you have to make these things happen. So I love that. And, and I feel like you got something, so... No, no, no okay. I was going to say, it's a being, like, the shift in the paradigm of value. Yeah. When you realize to be of service, what that means. Yeah. Um, and I do, I think, one of the cool things about the online videos mm -hmm. is that I think... I believe that people don't have a lens of productivity and accessibility. Hmm. They don't, they're not students of their calendar, meaning they're not really looking more interested than interesting in what they're doing or hmm. what free time that they have. They yeah. don't understand there's two times. Yeah. One is the linear time frame, the pragmatic man-made construct, 24 hours. Well, if there's 24 hours in a day for this vibration, yeah. then you should be focusing on how productive can you be, how accessible to others are you, and how able are you to access what you want. This is the allowance, yeah, yeah. right? And so people don't do that. But then moreover, they don't understand that everybody's own multi-dimensional time frame is within their own perspective, based on the judgments of the past, projecting through appreciation to the future. Yeah. And what I love is that I watch stuff in the reality of this time zone. Yeah. In my mind, my perspective, everyone always puts onto me, I'm busy, and I always tell them, I'm not busy. Yeah. Busy's for someone else. We all have 24 hours of yeah. activity. I'm productive and accessible, which means you should be calling me. 
Yeah, right. You should call people that are productive and accessible. The guy who sleeps half the day, he he's busy yeah, in my yeah, opinion because yeah. he's not productive and accessible. Yeah. You can't get him. I keep all my phone calls to five minutes. You know, yeah. try to. Yeah. I keep you know my interviews. You with your mom? Oh, well, I try to keep it to one minute. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She gets less time. Yeah. She does. And my girls get two minutes. But I yeah. believe in doing things no. every day. Yeah. Right? So yeah. two minutes a day is worth more than an hour on a Saturday. Yeah. So I have an objective. I know that my mom wants me to, to tell her or to, so she knows that I love and appreciate her. That takes a minute. Yeah. So every day I call, text, or email my mom yeah. and just let her know that I love and appreciate yeah. her. My relationship's so strong. It means strong. so much more. Yeah. Teenage daughters want two minutes a day. Yeah. And they just want to know that I care. Yeah. That's all they want to know. They, they don't want my advice. Yeah. They, yeah. they don't want me to yeah. ask what they're doing. Yeah. But what they want to know is my dad cares about me and he travels around the world he helps a lot of people but yeah. my dad cares about me he calls me every single day sometimes they don't give me two minutes yeah now my eight-year-old gets 30 minutes a day minimum and this is minimums yeah yeah my eight-year-old gets 30 minutes a day it's a whole different relationship yeah and my wife gets 30 minutes a day yeah my health gets one hour a day yeah so i'm very very strategic and premeditated with your entire accessible. yeah I, I love it man and so i love yeah. it that's amazing well i am um, there's so many things I want to talk about because I, I follow you and so I know some of the stories of growing up in a small place in Ohio and being an athlete and then having that whole experience. But I know we ha our time is a little bit shorter today. Um, so I got two, two kind of things and then we'll wrap it up and we can switch it up here. Cool. Um, the, one, the one I'm thinking of is, so it doesn't seem from someone who's known you just a short time that money is the ultimate motivation because you've had success and you've then you had the, uh, the the issues of losing it and then getting it back which I that's a whole another couple hours in itself <laughs> I'm sure so what is kind of for you the the legacy that you're creating that you're building and the why because I'm always really fascinated with the why and the intent behind everything that people do and it seems like you have a really strong one just from what you shared so yeah what, what does it look like big picture and I want to see like how can we help you know add value to that my my why is to empower others to empower others to be happy okay I, I believe in the potential the truth the highest vibrating thing I believe you can't be aware of that which vibrates only can be aware of that which vibrates equal to and less than you yeah so for me it's to teach people how to enjoy mm -hmm. the consistent every day persistent without quit which is you mm -hmm. pursuit of your potential and I always tell people the two key words of the definition of happiness that I just gave you is enjoyment which requires gratitude yeah. and pursuit yeah right yeah and so you, you you have to pursue something it has to be a purpose and so my why is to empower others to empower others to be happy to enjoy yeah. the consistent persistent because if I do I could hit one person yeah inspire yeah. you but if you could empower thousands who could empower thousands yeah that's millions yeah and I know this about the truth love happiness all the great truths of the universe yeah nothing but inspiration and love can exist in that truth yeah. so hate crime sickness I believe even death can't exist in inspiration or, yeah. or, or happiness and so uh, teaching people how to shift their perspective from get to do to got to do be a student of your calendar be more interested than interesting be a learner yeah right all yeah. these simple simple Sponge, things yeah. people I, I have a lot of business coaching clients i'm blessed yeah. 
Yeah. And I love when they're like, wow, that's so simple. And I said, if it wasn't simple, the universe wouldn't do it. Yeah. If you can't explain something simply, you don't know it. The universe is exact. It has enough of everything for everyone. A completely abundant universe that just allows us to access it. And we, we take such a different approach. I love the lottery, if you watch some of my stuff, right? I love the lottery because what it did is it takes people into a realm that I'm in. The difference is they char the government charged you $2 to give you the possibility of being a billionaire. Yeah. I say, why waste the $2? Uh, $1.6 billion already exists. Yeah. It's just, you need the, the what, the why, and then the how is just the discipline, strategy, and awareness that you need via how can I be of service and do you know anyone that can help me? Yeah. In one day, we all could make a billion dollars just by raising our awareness yeah. of when to buy or sell. Yeah. Right? If, if you literally wanted to focus in on making money, then learn a market so well that you can time when to buy or sell. Yeah. If you spent 10 hours a day studying something of when to buy or sell, you'll pick up on it. Your awareness will raise by yeah. putting intention as well as attention on the matter. But yet people will spend a whole lifetime with no intention, no attention, and wonder why they've never been able to access what they want. Because yeah, they keep yeah. on focusing on what they don't want, and then they're surprised by putting faith in what you don't want when they end up what you don't want. Faith yeah, works yeah. both ways. Yeah. Put it on what you do want, and faith includes intention attention in that enjoyment of the pursuit, yeah. and you'll get what you want, you'll proclaim it. I'm ready to be a billionaire. You I, are. I love it. Good. This, no, that's so, uh, you know, two things I love about that is is uh, it's like the teaching someone how to fish and they, they can fish on their own. Like you're creating a movement that's bigger than yourself because you're getting other people to inspire and empower other people. And I think that's so amazing. And, um, and enjoyment. That's, that's one thing I have a lot of parents wanting me to like work with their kids on sports and stuff. And um, it's cool, but that's not what my passion and what my why is. Yeah. And, and, and I see it so much of them. They want their kid to be the next Serena Williams, Tiger Woods, and they're pushing these kids. And, you know, nowadays, especially in you know, California, they have the resources to play a sport and have personal trainers, which is all good things. But for me, when I was growing up and playing in, on, on the little island and stuff, I just enjoyed it and I just loved it. It was never work. Like these kids, they don't want to go and do a hundred, you know, 200, 300, yeah. 500 swings off the tee. They, and, and that's fine. There's other things they could go, go do Fortnite. But I think the difference sometimes in what makes someone an average player or a great player or average in life or great at life is you find a way to make that process so fun. You know, for me, it was headphones in and I'm like listening yeah. to music and like dancing around and imagine myself hitting a shot, you know, against our rival Juno, you know, and, but it was fun. So it was never, it was never like and, work. And that's where extraordinary comes into. So what I, what I love is you're able to take what you enjoyed in that work ethic and be yeah. able to take that pursuit. But where the truly extraordinary athletes come from, like the Baron Davises and Warren Moon. Yeah, I saw you did one right? Baron. He dressed up for you. Yeah, yeah. I was like, man, Baron didn't come all sharp I, like I that. I command that, right? Yeah, yeah, with him. But the interesting thing is, I was like you, man. I, I was just, I couldn't wait to get out in the street. Yeah. And they would have to pull me off of the street. Yeah, yeah. And the, the thing is, the difference is, what happens when you get someone that has the talent, the body, the strength, the speed, like LeBron from Akron, Ohio? Yeah. And Shout out to Motherland. Right, yeah. Isn't that amazing? You have the best and Steph Curry And Steph Curry, both born in the same hospital as me. Which no is why way. I think somehow my sports destiny and my executiveness, yeah. like it, it just my stature, yeah. I was born to be the commissioner of the NBA. Yeah. I figured yeah, yeah, yeah. three of the greatest yeah, in the yeah. NBA, LeBron James, right? Because God knows <laughs> I'm not going to be playing with him. But that's something I could do. Yeah. And I, somehow there's just some destiny in being born in that same hospital yeah but but imagine 
that's what I feel like you're finding your own with. Yeah. That you have now something that you enjoy the same as you did basketball. Yeah. But your your body and mind is more suited for it. Yeah. The same way that LeBron can't do what I do. Yeah. And yeah. he can't do what you do either. Yeah. Yeah. But we have the same work ethic and enjoyment of the consistent, persistent pursuit of our potential. And that's what's going to elevate our awareness and allow us. You, yeah. you have that billion dollars if that's yeah. what you want to manifest. Yeah. I think, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm going to quote you on that. Please. Universe, listen. Yeah, it is always. I, I, I think it's, that's one advantage athletes can have on people if they learn those lessons and realize. And I was just really blessed to have two great parents um, that we wouldn't look at did he hit the home run or make the game-winning catch or the shot? It was how did you respond when you didn't? Did you throw your bat and your helmet and cuss out the ump? Or, or and that my dad always imparted was that's going to show you if you're going to be a winner in life, um, which is ultimately what you want to do. You want to be happy and fulfilled and empowered in these things. And uh, that's the thing I see with a lot of parents that I deal with and talk to is they miss that boat. And it's sometimes an, it's an extension of their ego. Yeah. And they were like, my kid's got to be the star. And no, why are they not getting enough playing time? <sighs> kids come that's through tough. us, not yeah. for us. Sorry to interrupt. No, 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 I'm no, being bad. But yeah. kids come through us, not for us. Yeah. And too many people, parents today think their kids are for them. Yeah. Kids come through us. Yeah. Not for us. Yeah. All right, last thing. So here's the question I like to ask. Now, there's so much of your story that we didn't get to go through, so we'll definitely have to do this we'll again. We'll do it again, no problem. But um, going through your life, if you were to go back and look at yourself um, as a kid, or really just to apply this to any kid out there, what would be, of all these you know, hundreds of Instagram videos that you have different topics that you talk about, what do you feel like is the most um, critical thing for kids to take away today from your story or you would tell yourself yeah. if you were going back in time it's easy for me it's okay. ba back to it's radical humility yeah it, it, ask for help yeah i think the biggest problem today is we put so much pressure on ourselves yeah and whether you're successful or not the most successful people i, I was a millionaire nine months out of law school never asked for help yeah and i know kids that need help and they never yeah. because you you just you don't understand that we're one that we're complete when we're helping each other just learn that it's a gift to allow somebody else to help you i always ask who here likes to give how yeah. do you feel yeah, when yeah, somebody yeah. asks you for help yeah you feel good yeah but yet most young people are afraid to ask for help they're afraid to accelerate their careers. They're afraid to, you know, to, to be diminished in some capacity by asking or admitting that they don't know something. Yeah. Well, guess what? Everyone knows you don't know what you don't know, and especially if you're young. Yeah. And so if I was looking at my 18, 21, 25-year-old self, successful or not successful as yeah. I was, yeah. if somebody would have just said, man, ask two simple questions in life and you'll be set. Yeah. Number one, always ask how I can be of service. Yeah. Two, Ask, do you know anyone that can help me? Now, that's a very subtle statement. Yeah. Do you know anyone that can help me? Because I'm not asking, can you help me? Yeah. I'm asking, do you know? Yeah, yeah. Of in all the world. thousands of people, and guess who's included in that world? So it's a subtle yeah. way of asking for your help as yeah. well yeah. without feeling the need to feel like... Pressuring. Pressuring. Like, yeah, what can you do for me? Yeah. But, you know, that's what I loved about you when I first met you. You started yeah. listing out people that you felt could help me. Yeah. And it's something that very few people do. That's what goes through my mind. I'm like, yeah. oh, I can't wait. I mean... Just a I think it's a small town say. kid thing, like because like if you go, I don't, I can't speak on yeah. Akron, but Akron, but yeah. I'm sure this is pronounced wrong. But I'm sure it's similar. Like my parents to this day, they'll go to Arizona, they'll come here and visit me. They'll start talking about Alaska, and they'll literally will send these people 
fish and they'll be like when you come to alaska you yeah. could stay with us strangers drama was the same way he's from akron okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. It, bond. it's it's so i feel like it's um like especially out here i just came out here to do basketball commercials really no clue what i was doing at that point yeah and i'm meeting all these amazing people and it was like okay like why wouldn't i connect two friends to go do something it wasn't like Sometimes I feel like there's a strategic, like, I'm trying to do things right. so I can get these things. I just took, I was clueless. I was just like, why would I not help two yeah, people that I know? It's a motivator, not a yeah. manipulator. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny. I, w I won the Variety Magazine Sports Humanitarian of the Year. And okay. Andre Reed introduced me, who's a close friend and wonderful. And Matt, I, I had to speak between Matthew McConaughey and, and uh, Morgan Freeman. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <But, laughs> That's uh, a pretty good lineup. Andre asked, can you introduce me to Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, yeah. Right? Who doesn't want to meet him? And exactly. I'm like, sure. Well, now I'm back in the green room. Andre's up there introducing me. And McConaughey's like, oh, Dave. Can you introduce me to Andre Reid? Oh, that's so funny. So You're the coolest middle moment yeah, yeah. is when he came off stage. I got I, I was you like, guys. Exactly. Yeah, like, don't worry about I it. I looked like so cool. Yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, you know, Andre. It's not a big deal. Matt, Matt. It's Andre. And they're both like, thanks, Dave. Afterwards, like, that was so cool. And yeah. I'm thinking, oh, God, if you both only knew. Now they all know because all these yeah. cameras are yeah, 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 yeah. But everybody, Let the secret everybody out. wants to, to, you know, be helped. Yeah. But our egos in our way, the need yeah. to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, guilty, fearful, all these different needs of the egos get in our way. And so the number one lesson in life is allowance. Yeah. Yeah. And allowance. That's why they call it allowance. They don't they don't yeah. call it work money when you're a little kid. Yeah. It's yeah. because we're teaching you to allow the access of everything you want. Hmm. I love it, man. I appreciate you making time. You're doing a million things. Um, productive and accessible. Productive and accessible. <laughs> I love it. Productive and accessible. accessible. Yeah. Okay, productive and Be accessible, accessible to others and access what you want. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to write that down. You'll get it. So, is there anything, David Meltzer? Follow Instagram. Yeah, at that's, David the, that's, that's where you're the most. Yeah, active. at David okay. Meltzer and LinkedIn. I'm, but okay. the cool thing about me is, uh, if you just Google David Meltzer, yeah, you'll find everything on me. Is so okay. Like so, side note: Is there a WWE? Yeah, okay, yeah okay. that's Dave Meltzer. Okay, we had a little debate on our team. I'm like, they're like, oh yeah, because he does WWE. I'm like, don't yeah. think you're talking it's about so, the right guy. It's not, yeah, it's not. Yeah. Although it's really fun when they accidentally put me on the wrong interview oh. and like halfway through it, because I know sports, right? I read yeah, yeah. Steinberg, and you roll, you roll with it. Oh it, well, not until I find out and then I'll make fun of myself yeah, when I'm yeah. on it. We did it on XM Sirius and it may be one of the funniest interviews ever. Yeah. The guy's like, oh shoot, I think this is the, right, right on the air. Yeah. I think you're the wrong Dave Meltzer. They're talking about Ronza, Ronda Rousey. Oh yeah, And yeah, he's like, like, I just have to admit, Dave, those are some really good answers. <laughs> <laughs> you were really good. Yeah. But yeah, I, I get one last story. I know yes, no, 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 no. It's my favorite Dave Meltzer story. Okay. So he's older, he's older than I. So you met him? Oh yeah. Oh, you guys are boys now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, he's older and you know, he's busy doing his wrestling stuff. Okay. Great story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told him this. I'm at Tulane Law School third year. There's no cell phones. Okay. I'm drinking. Okay. Apartment phone rings. I pick it off the wall. I'm like, yeah, Dave Meltzer. Yeah, can we get a quote for the USA Today? And it was like about Stone Cold Steve Austin. Please tell me yeah. you gave a quote. Oh, Please. I did. Oh, I did. I gave a quote in the USA Today. And I had no idea. I'm like, what? I, I literally, because I'm drunk, right? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Look at my friends go, why would they want me to quote that? That's so weird. Carl just going, well, I'm <laughs> killing it. Like, people thought me. And later on, I found out, oh my God, there's a famous you know, yeah. wrestling guy. That's when you figured it yeah. out. Okay. And then when Do you I remember got the it, quote? Oh, no. Okay, okay. Please, something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but it was funny because when I went to Lee Steinberg and, you know, ran the most notable sports agency, that's when yeah. I'm like, 
oh my God, this guy. And then I started emailing him because people would come to me and I'd say, I think you want the other guy. So I'd email him yeah. and we had a few calls together. Yeah. He just thanked me for always sending. <laughs> Pretty soon you're his manager, whether you like it well, or not. Well, now my following's so big, he probably gets a lot of people going the other way. That's right. So. The best DM I ever got from this too. Oh, this geez. was best. It was like something like, you don't know anything about wrestling. You, you're, you're so ignorant. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. It was, it was all about me not knowing yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. So I just DM back, well, you don't even know who you're who talking, talking to. to. <laughs> you got the wrong Dave Meltzer. Here's uh, his email address. Yeah, but he's a really nice guy. I'll pass your call? message along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how can awesome. I serve you? Yeah, how can I serve you? That's it, man. So people can, ch also the show. Yeah, like what, what are, uh, Elevator Pitch is okay, a TV show. Okay. Uh, the podcast is The Playbook. It's okay. a top five business podcast. Amazing. Blessed. Yeah. Um, Hashtag My blessed. book is, yeah, book, book is connected to goodness and compassion to capitalism and I have a new one called Unstoppable with Jack Canfield from okay. Chicken Soup for the Soul. Yeah, I think he sold a few books, huh? Yeah, yeah. half a billion. Uh, so I'm, I'm honored to be on any cover with him. So, uh, and then my Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Anything they just I need do. to Google you because there's so many yeah. things going on. But, but I'm, I'm here to be of service. Like yes. people freak out, whether it's good or bad, they freak out because I literally like, here's my email. Here's my my favorite is here's my cell phone. Yeah, call me or they give me theirs and I I'm a do it now guy. Yeah, like I believe if you don't do it now, you, it takes twice as much minimum amount of time. Yeah. So anytime you can do something now. Yeah. So we're driving up here in the mobile office. Yeah. And Justin's laughing because here I am going, hey, just real quick, I got five minutes with Dave Meltzer. Yeah. <sighs> I'm like, yeah. Hey, told me to call you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What do you want? I love it. You know, and this is true because I actually have written you a few times on like that one video you had where you got the kid the um, hearing device. Yeah, yeah. The kid, that, like, I touched me like I got goosebumps and I was like I just wrote you and first thing you said how can I serve you? So like he's not just like saying these things. It's like he again going back to you're walking the walk and I think that's the most power, powerful testament. As a most calls are a minute. I can handle yeah. fifty phone calls in a day. Yeah, yeah. Mo most of the people have one quick question and they're yeah. very respectful of my time. Yeah. So I will do somewhere between 30 and 50 calls a day yeah of just helping people yeah it, it's like oh i know this guy i do this i do keep it fast yeah so there won't be as much cordiality as this is but yeah, yeah. please reach out i'm happy to help man i love it i appreciate it really thanks for coming down here and alaska uh, and akron right here yeah yeah the small town boys That's so we right. made it happen five foot eight and five foot nine right there. <laughs>